This is the Sales Development Podcast, powered by 10bound.com. This episode is worth staying up late for. It'll save your whole team, maybe losing a day of productivity each week. We bring on our special guest from win.ai to solve a problem that's been called, quote, horrible, taxing, and boring, almost universally by everyone on your team and around the world. Hosted by David Delaney, this is the Sales Development Podcast. Hello, 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 everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Sales Development Podcast. I am honored and blessed to have a guest from overseas. It's the middle of the night right now, and this guy is so hardcore. He's joining me. Eldad Postankoran, co-founder and CEO of Win.ai. How are you doing today, sir? Oh, good. Hardcore is my middle name. <laughs> okay. Yeah, dude, I know. I mean, I would say hardcore is a nice way to say it. You've had a lot of success so far, and now you're building Win AI. I want to hear more about it. How did you start the company and what are you working on? Amazing. So briefly about myself. So I came to the world of sales five years ago. Before that, I came from a very different background. I was a naval officer for seven years. Imagine being on a battleship for such a long time. And then seven years in the world of social entrepreneurship. So I founded NGOs, once again, very different from doing sales. And five years ago, I joined this very startup in the world of diabetes, where I became the first salesperson. And I fell in love with this profession. I love the energy, the pace, the closing deals, the combination between EQ and IQ. Everything part of one thing, which is filling out the CRM. Horrible, tedious, boring. You know, I think that that's a good description of filling out the CRM. And one year later, I became the head of sales of the company. I discovered how difficult it is to create alignment between the different team members, SDRs, account executives, whether it's about how do they qualify leads, how do they do discovery, how the messaging of the company and so on. So I went and asked smart people, what should I do? They all told me, write a playbook, write a playbook, write a playbook. So I wrote a playbook. And then after I wrote a playbook, nobody used the playbook. And that basically was my experience in sales, my personal experience in sales. And those were the two motivations to build WinAI. The first one is the how to help people to fill out the CRM and you know, remove this manual work from their day-to-day life, which takes between 20 to 25% of their time, which is, you know, one day a week. And for sales leader, how to increase that adoption rate of the playbook. This is Win AI all about. Okay. So you came in, you saw this huge problem, and now you're trying to solve it. Yes. Okay. (laughs) Got it. So they're saving in one day per week. What is taking so long and why is it taking so long to fill out a CRM? So you need to fill out the fields. You need to make sure that everything is updated. When you have five, six calls per day and you need to update it because your VP sales want it to be updated or sales ops are pushing you to fill out this. And it takes time. It takes time. You go, you have meetings, back-to-back meetings, and then you forget what happened and then you go back to recording and that's the day-to-day life of salespeople and you know it affects forecasting it affects the quality of the follow-up that you can do with your prospects and you know the bottom line that it affects the win rate so this is you know and every salesperson knows that filling out the CRM is the (laughs) number one thing that people don't like yeah (laughs) part of life you know sucks So how are you thinking of the solution then? How did WinAI help with that? 
Yeah. So basically, we are a real-time assistant, a real-time AI assistant for salespeople. Like imagine it's like having Alexa trained to help you to win more. And the idea is wow. we are a Zoom app for now. It's an application that's run on top of Zoom. What we know to do is a couple of things. First, to put the right agenda for the right call on the right side of the screen. So we have a playbook builder and team lead or the VP sales can adjust it accordingly to the need. If it's a discovery call, negotiation call, closing call, whatever the call it is. And we have different sales methodologies, templates. Second, in real time, we can tell you, hey, you cover that from the agenda. Hey, you cover that, you cover that, you cover that, you cover that. You haven't covered this and that and that. And you have 10 last minutes, which really helps to create the alignment between the different team members. Third, during the conversation itself, data pops up, you know, discovery, the prospect mentioned things that you want to write down. So what we note is to capture the right piece of information and connect it with the right talking point, the right field in CRM that was defined in the onboarding part of the platform. And the last thing, because we have integration for both for Salesforce and HubSpot, when the conversation is done, everything is pushed to the CRM when the conversation is done. So the overall idea is like four minutes after the call is done, you have playbook covered, notes taken, and fields in the fear and fields in the CRM updated. So that's a whole new way of thinking about your day-to-day job as a salesperson. Got it. And so the second feature that you said is the playbook, like not that many people. So you would spend all this time creating this awesome sales playbook, and then it would just sit there collecting dust basically, or somewhere in the computer, right? Like nobody would use it. So, and then you mentioned, so everything's inside sales now. So you would bring up your Zoom as though you were doing a Zoom call. And then the playbook would also be popped out and guiding you along with the sales call, right? Yep. Yep. Okay. True. So it's yeah, a real-time so guidance. You would have the call and then the key information that you're trying to capture would then be ported back to the CRM. True. 100% sure. Got it. Yep. So how much work is involved in making the playbook at the beginning? The sales leaders, they have to make it first, right? Yeah, it's a great question. And in order to e- to make it the easiest is it can be, so we build the different templates based on the different sales methodologies. So for example, if you're using Medic, Medic, Bond, spin selling challenger based on you know the different sales perceptions. So we have already templates for those kinds of calls and you just need to customize it accordingly to your needs. And what we saw, by the way, and, and I don't know, probably it won't be a surprise for you, David, but... There's no, of course, one company is very different from another, but by the end of the day, you know, every salesperson is trying to do the very similar thing. You are looking for the needs of the customer. You try to understand them as much as you can during a conversation, and you need to understand how to tailor it to the value proposition of the company you're selling the product. And basically, you know, it's, I wouldn't say like it's 90% similar, but there's a high level of similarity between one company to another in many cases. Mm-hmm. And so they can sit down, there's uh, templates or frameworks in WinAI that they can use to create their initial playbook based on if they're using some of those sales methodologies. Yeah. And I think one step further, I think that in contrary to, you know, to have a book or a file of, I don't know, 40 pages on your computer, I think creating a very actionable playbook that you can measure, that you can adopt, you can customize it according, you know, from one day to another, that's much more powerful. 
how do you measure something like that? So is that something that you would do with WinAI to measure the success of the usage of the playbook? Yeah, and I'm going to tell you a secret. This is the reason why we call ourselves WinAI, because okay. we truly believe that a higher level adoption rate of the playbook will result in better win rate. Now, the way we measure it, because we know how to track it based on the conversation itself, so we can tell the sales leader, hey, listen, David is adherent for 100% with the playbook that you wanted them to be. And, you know, now connected with the results of David, now he's like the number one seller in the company and he's 100% adherent. So it means you have a great playbook, but let's take a different example, like he's number one seller, but only 40% adherent. So it means that you don't have a problem with David, you have a problem with the playbook. Now, this is kind of data that you don't know today because you are not measuring it, because you're not defining it. And this is part of what, like the secret sauce of what we do. Okay, all right. Well, I don't know how many people are listening to this, so <laughs> hopefully we can keep that secret for now between me and you. You know, it's and interesting. Just you and me, David. Yeah. It's <laughs> because... late, late in the evening of Thursday, all good. <laughs> this will just be broadcast, you know, across the the universe. But no, it's interesting, though, because I always think of like in my past, the best sales people, I almost said salesmen, God, that's outdated. The best salespeople are like a lone wolf. It's hard to replicate what they're doing. So I could see like a great salesperson would be at 100% of quota but they're only using 50% of the playbook sometimes. So it feels like the value is trying to increase the effectiveness of the playbook and being able to scale the sales team. So it's not just all relying on one amazing salesperson. 100%. I think that the trend that we see now that sells, we have aspects of art, but we have aspects of science. And in order to do science, you need to define and you need to measure. And the art of sales is all about the EQ, is all about creating the connection, creating trust. This is art without a doubt, but there are parts which are science. Let's measure them and improve. Yeah, and you know, this is very, it's relevant to today because we do almost all of our calls on Zoom. And do you feel like it's harder to sell over Zoom than if you're just in real life with a person like sitting across the table from someone? Depends. So I used to sell to hospitals in the US. Yeah. By the way, don't do it. Okay. Horrible thing. Horrible thing. <laughs> Are you okay? <laughs> PTSD. So <laughs> no, and I'm saying it's horrible because you have big problem with the business side of it, but it's horrible because it takes a lot of time. It took me two and a half years to get into Boston Children's Hospital. And it's a great hospital, number one for endocrinologists. But it takes lots of time. And when you're working with someone, you know, let's say that today we are starting a cell cycle and we know that it will take us two years. The effort of creating relationship is the heavy lift here. It's not all about, you know, it's not about all about just qualification and things like that. So relationship here is much more important than the rest of it. And for that, you know, face-to-face meetings are crucial, I think. And building, you know, going out and drink beer together or eat good steak together, that's crucial for such a maneuver. But I think that one of the things that COVID brought us is 
a much more efficient, so potentially much more efficient sales process. And people are got used to buy things, whether it's as people from e-commerce, but also by SaaS platform much more easily. And we do not expect today to sit with for one hour with a salesperson. So, you know, 20 minutes demo, straight to the point, you know, two minutes icebreaker in the beginning, and that's it, to the point. And I think we see it more and more and more and more and more. And it's not by chance that PLG became like huge during the last three, two years, and because it comes with a reason, or PLG or PLS product itself comes with a reason. People want to buy faster, want more simple sales cycle, more simple sales process. And I think that's the trend and it's gonna increase. Yeah, I think so too. And do you find that, you know, when you take a sales call, for example, right now on Zoom, that it's mostly a one-way conversation. And so the salesperson just, they don't really ask many questions or they're not trying to dig out any real information. They just want to get on, show you the product and get off and get a decision made. That seems to be the trend that I see now that we've gone to the Zoom almost exclusively. I understand what you're saying because it's really hard to build a small talk part. It looks artificial when you do it on Zoom. But when I sit with you and you know, you're know you going to tell me a little bit about your family and I'm going to tell you a little bit my two years old twins. So it's much more natural. But that's one aspect. But I think that the other aspect of you know asking the right question and will be interested in the needs of the customer, I think that get good salespeople do it and they do it on Zoom and they do it on face-to-face. So I think the best practice of asking questions and asking follow-up questions and being intrigued by the customer use case, I think that's still a solid best practice. Yeah. It seems like all the customers have business problems that they're trying to solve. They probably have two or three main business problems that are top of mind they're attempting to solve. Otherwise, they wouldn't talk to you. They think that there's some reason that you can help them solve a problem. I think if the salespeople have potentially like a playbook that has a few questions to try to dig out what are the problems that they're having and how important are those problems versus just, okay, I'm going to show you what we do and talk for like 15 minutes about my software. I think that the salespeople, you know, lose the audience kind of because the prospect or the customer is thinking, how can this guy help me? Can you help me or not? You know, and but first you need to know what the problem is, right? For sure. And we live in a generation which we have a very limited attention, I would say. 20 seconds, 30 seconds, one minute. You, in the beginning, we spoke about if people hear something interesting for the last one minute, for the first one minute, I would say something like that. We don't have time. We live in the world of social media. We live in the world of post. It's short post. It's tweets. So everything needs to be, you know, in a good fit. So when I'm on a conversation with you and I'm not pitching and I'm, you know, asking you questions is the only way to keep you in the loop, keep you in the conversation, keep you intrigued. So once again, I think that having a good conversation and asking the questions and not pitching still solid and really fits to the challenge of attention that we live today with all social media and so much distractions in our life. Yeah. It's almost like, you know, 
You're exactly right. We're it's like TikTok. TikTok has become so popular because it collapses. And even I am an old guy. I like TikTok. It collapses your attention span into like three seconds. I don't know how long it is, but it's fascinating. You know, it's almost like the new sales process should be, okay, I want this to be the most valuable use of your time. So you can get 99% of the information that's out there yourself. You can even buy the product, like product-led growth. You can buy it yourself. So what good am I as a salesperson? It's to find out what your problem is and prioritize it and see if I can help you either with this product that I have or my friend or a connection or some way to help you out. Otherwise, you know, you can just watch a demo on a video, right? What do you need yeah. me for? You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, so. of course. And there's a very interesting research showing that millennials don't want to speak with salespeople. Yeah. And, you know, we have the stigma about salespeople, which are very pushy. And I think that's also changed a little bit. So I see more, you know, smart people and intelligent people and curious people getting into sales and not trying to push, 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 push only, you know, down the pipeline. You want really people to create connection and you want really people to understand with you know, high emotional quality, not only, you know, one willing to close the deal. And you see this trend going very strong now, like more and more people are very different from the old version of salespeople as we saw in, you know, in the movies. Yeah, it's true. You still need to be a little bit pushy as a salesperson Without in a, a couple of ways. It's almost like we've swung too far to like being nice and not wanting to hurt anybody's feelings. But, you know, going outbound, and talking to strangers, you know, you do have to be pushy a little bit because a lot, 99% of the people probably don't want to talk to you. So you got to have that. And then following You need to have up, grit. Right? Grit, yeah. Grit, grit. You, you need, need that grit. grit. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because if you're just waiting for someone to give you an, a lead or, you know, to wait for the marketing team to do your job for you, you're going to be starving to death. Without and that. then following up, I mean, the best salespeople follow up relentlessly over the course of months and years. They're just continuously following up. And, you know, you got to push a little bit because people are so busy, they forget about you five minutes after you leave. You know what I mean? OCD is a great advantage for salespeople. Yeah, <laughs> it is. And <laughs> for entrepreneurs. So I want to ask you your That's own true. entrepreneur journey right? Because you were, you know, in a completely different world. And now you're starting this company. Yeah. So, you know, I know that it's a completely different topic. But you know, what have you learned so far? And what recommendations would you have for people that want to start the next unicorn? Yeah, so it's funny that because it's related to the previous part of the conversation, I think that the best position for entrepreneurs being a printer before being an entrepreneur is doing sales because raising funds because you know getting the right people to work for you getting customers it's all about sales it's all about sales so if you have the opportunity to go and do sales proper sales before being an entrepreneur i think that's 100 will serve your entrepreneurial journey so that's first and i think that Two main things that I learned along the way is first to be all in. And I think that 
I quit my job one year ago, one year and a half. And I was still in the phase of ideation and there was so much unknowns, endless, endless parts which were unknowns. And in some point, you need to have the leap of faith to say, this is the direction and I'm going to try this. You won't get the 100%, you know, risk-free and that's, you know, this is the answer and this is what you need to do. And this is, and this is part of being an entrepreneur. And by the way, this is part of the reason why it's hard. Other way, everyone will do it. And it's really hard and it's really stressful and it's really, you know, facing with yourself, you know, your fears and your self-perception. And I think that's a really tough journey in order to survive. And this is last tip, I would say that in order to survive this crazy ride, I think you must have support from home. And the fact that my wife and the decision to go out to be an entrepreneur and to have no salary for one year almost was a decision of my wife and myself together. And in some point during the way, when I got, you know, almost broken, she told me, hey, that we made the decision together and you need to keep pushing, keep doing, keep doing, keep doing. And the fact that I had a very, very strong and supportive family and partner, this is for 100% one of the main reasons why we got so far. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Amen. <laughs> yeah. And by the way, she's a heart surgeon, so she's busy oh, as well. Man. Oh, geez. Okay. Well, you know, I know that there's so many ups and downs on a daily basis. So to have that support and not have to feel all alone, because it is, it's a lonely journey and it's a roller coaster, I would say. On an hourly day basis, why on a daily basis from one hour to another? Yeah, it's good advice in that anyone listening, if you're in sales and you're thinking about this, all of those skills that you learn and the very things that we're talking about right now are so applicable, not only to sales and marketing and the go-to-market side of working at a company, but starting your own thing. It's great to have those skills. Totally agree. Yeah. And so if they you know, want to check out WinAI and see how that they can integrate that into their sales process, is it released? Are you looking for beta customers? How does it work? So it's yet in the early access. So we have better users. We don't give it to everyone, but feel free to approach us on win.ai, win.ai, um, and, and go ahead. Sorry, it's late here in the Intel Aviv. <laughs> You're doing really well, though. <laughs> doing my best. You, you my said best. it's the middle of the night. I was like, Oh, man, that's got to be tough. And I'm standing between you and the weekend. I'm the only barrier. <laughs> David, now just imagine this is me in the middle of the night. Like, imagine what happens like four hours before. <laughs> Definitely. And I just was going to say, I'd love to come there someday. I mean, and meet you and just be in the vibe of the startup nation. You know, it's the startup nation, <laughs> you know, startup so nation much. and good food yeah. and good food nation. Yeah, that's what I've heard too. I have so many friends who it's Zoom friends, but you know, friends and people that work with our company and it's way past time to come and visit you. And we're waiting, know, David. I we're know. just waiting for him. <laughs> I'm waiting you at the airport now. I'm okay. on my way. <laughs> well, I mean, in the meantime, I'm gonna get online win.ai with two ends and start working on my playbook and plug this thing into Zoom so that we can see that performance improvement. And I can't, I want to follow your journey as you develop this product. 
Thank you. It's a crazy ride. And on social media, I try to uh, share uh, part of the stories. And yeah, it's a very interesting journey, no doubt. Yep, definitely. And so we will connect as well on, I follow you on LinkedIn, but everyone should follow Eldad on LinkedIn to see how this journey is playing out. And we'll post the link to the podcast there. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, David. It was a pleasure. Thank you for listening to the Sales Development Podcast, the only audio forum 100% focused and dedicated to sales development. Please be sure to subscribe to the show on YouTube and take a moment to leave us a review on iTunes. Your support makes our show possible. If you are struggling with your sales development program, contact us at 10bound.com for a no-obligation exploratory call. Again, that's 10bound.com.